Kate Parker. This is Warming Signs, a podcast with the sound minds of science. Welcome back to Warming Signs. Can you believe it has been a little more than six months since Hurricane Michael? In the Florida Panhandle communities, they're still doing everything they can to get by every day, let alone move back into their destroyed homes. But there was another disaster, inland, one that will take generations to recover. And while we heard about it and covered it here at weather.com, there was so much more of this story to tell. Pat Maddox is a colleague of mine. He married a gal from Dothan, Alabama. When he would visit her family, all anyone could talk about in this South Alabama town was the crop loss from Hurricane Michael. I knew what he was talking about because I used to live in that area. Together, we started digging and realized just how significant this loss was. Then, we drove Hurricane Michael's path through South Georgia and the panhandle of Florida to try to tell the story. And honestly, I think we all were flabbergasted by the tree loss. These massive pine trees looked like toothpicks and the damage was way north into Georgia. It didn't stop at the Florida Panhandle. At one point it felt like we may never see an upright tree again. And those trees, they were farms, pecan farms, timber farms. And then all the row crops like cotton and peanuts were also lost. So I'm going to play our story for you. A disclaimer that if you would like to see this with the video, because it is pretty powerful, I'll be pinning the link to this entire story at the top of my Twitter. Then after the video plays, you're going to hear from Dr. Lenny Wells, a University of Georgia professor that specializes in pecans because their loss is truly astounding. Most devastating, strongest storm uh, I've ever seen in my lifetime. My son had to be, he'll be 76 by the time if we replanted to get them to where they were at. What are your options? Well, zero. There's there's a lost asset. Bud prays every night and um, cries, but we'll get through it. Had one of the best crops we've ever had in years, and then uh, when this come in, it, it just, we went from the best crop we ever had to the worst in six hours. It hurt my feelings. Still hurts my feelings because this is the first orchard I ever owned, you know. But it's not, in, it's the way you react when you fall. You know what I mean? It's how do you get up and recover. Last October, Hurricane Michael plowed into the Florida panhandle, leaving devastation in its wake. But Michael's destruction didn't stop at the coast. Farmers in North Florida and South Georgia endured stunning losses. Over $3 billion worth of crops gone in an instant. We're, uh, we're row crop, mainly cotton, peanuts, uh, small grain, oats, wheat. Bud and I got married nine years ago, and we actually dated all through high school. He was my high school sweetheart. And Third generation, been here all my life. Uh, been farming on my own for uh, 20, 21 years, something like that. Bud and Desiree Baggett farm about 5,000 acres in Mariana, Florida. We were right at the most critical point, um, right at harvest time. We had cotton was probably seven to 10 days away from harvest. And uh, peanuts the same, right when we got news of storm coming in. How old are these trees? These are 35 years old. Yeah. So how long have you owned this orchard? 
I've owned it 17 years. This is the first, this is the orchard that got my brother and I in business, you know. Eric Cohen owns Pecan Ridge Plantation with his brother near Bainbridge, Georgia. We had the best crop we'd probably had in 10 years. You're kidding. Nope. But see, that's why these trees are on the ground too, because uh, there was so much weight on them. Hurricane Michael hit right at harvest time, wiping out everything. When did you first see the orchard after Hurricane Michael? Three or four days, and I was you know, just shocked. We're probably at almost a $2 million loss, just our farm. And uh, it's just hard to overcome that kind of financial loss, you know. And even though I had insurance, I didn't have enough coverage to really cover what we need. It covers about 35, 40% of our our costs. And that being said, that's only covering the input costs, not uh, besides working all year for free or your fuel and your labor and, and all that. You know, it's just actually input costs for the, for the plant. Problem is, we're going to have another crop in the ground, you know, in five months. And how much money are you putting out for that? It'll be probably another $3 million, you know, operating line. Row crops require you to borrow big every year in the hopes that you have a good yield and repay. After Hurricane Michael, families are stuck with not only 2018's loan, but with a need to plant again immediately to earn any profit in 2019. Pecans and timber, on the other hand, have a long wait until they can get a harvest and any income. Five years, I'm not making a pecan. Seven years, I'm maybe making enough to get us by, you know, the little inputs we had to put. Ten years, it'll take ten years to get enough money to make it viable again. So these trees, you're going to plow everything. Is that the plan? Yeah, just, we'll take an excavator and front-end loader, and we'll clean them up. We'll start all over. And insurance won't pay for that? No. Is insurance going to cover your crop loss for the next 10 years? Nope, it'll cover one year. One year? One year. What do you do for the next nine? Ah, we just had to survive. This idea of insurance not measuring up became a theme that we kept running into when trying to figure out this puzzle of recovery for these farmers. Crop insurance is a game of averages. Your average crop yield is based on the past six years yield per acre. So one year, you have a great crop, 1,000 pounds per acre. Then an okay year at 600 pounds, so on and so forth. Your average yield is 850 pounds. That number is now the maximum you can insure to, with most farmers choosing to insure about 30% of that average. But... This all depends on the weather, and this region is seeing 27% more heavy rain events, and the average temperature has risen almost three degrees since these pecan trees were planted. That's all due to climate change. So now you have one good crop year, then you have back-to-back -back heavy rain events and disease takes hold, and you only yield 400 pounds per acre. The next year, the heat is relentless and your yield is 300. Suddenly, your average is only 700 pounds per acre, and the amount you insure is way lower than without climate change. Then a hurricane hits, and the yield drops to zero. How do you think that impacts your average? What if it's 10 years before you can get a single pecan? How often do you keep, uh, how many more times do you keep replanting? Whew, I hate to say this, but this is probably my 
if we get another storm like this, I'm done. Even if I replant in five years and I get another storm that blows me down like this, I'm done. Um, if we roll this money over, it'll take, it'll take 10, 12 years, possibly 15 years to recoup, to pay out what we've lost. Farmers are hurting terribly. The timber people, you know, there's ladies that, that was their retirement. 80-year-old ladies that had 200 acres of pine trees and they're completely gone. Well, that, you know, it's gone. That timber land was probably worth $1,800 to $2,500 an acre. They have no more, it's gone. Up. We headed south to where Michael made landfall and saw this along the way. Truly massive losses for timber farmers. The scene in Mexico Beach was surreal. These are homes. I have seen bad tornado damage. But this is the power, this is water. This is storm surge here, clearing these foundations. I mean, it was the wind too, it was horrible, but it's worse than you think it's gonna be. You understand why this got so much attention during the storm, because this is just, there's nothing, there's nothing left. So when you see a lot of trees down and you see this, so what? Who cares if trees are down? But then you learn that those trees are someone's 401k, that they went hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt to plant those trees as a future investment. And that's a huge story too. Agricultural Commissioner for the state of Georgia, Gary Black, met us in South Georgia to talk about the reality of the plight of the farmer. Um, with, the, with the timber and that kind of being a safety net, are people now having, what do they do? If, that, if, if you're 75 years old and you planted that and that's your retirement. Supply is high. The mills are full. The prices are low. And so even on that asset that they had, uh, if they're able to salvage anything, the, the, the cash price today is, is low simply because of the volume that's on the market. We, have some, we always have some challenges, particularly with cotton uh, in, in Georgia. Pecan is different. Uh, it, it's, it's a very difficult thing to insure. USDA's made a, a noble at, at, attempt, but, but some of those premiums are just simply not in a range where where people can afford them. That is a risk, for sure. And the, and, and, uh, my, the farmers of this state and all across this country that feed you and I, they're in, they're in the risk business, and they know that. They can say they understand and, and say they know, but this is our world out here. You know, it's, it's something that you just can't, you can't understand it sitting in the office looking out the window or typing on the computer. You know, I spent my life out here. Uh, I poured my heart out. Um, I raised my family here. Maybe it's God's way of humbling everybody down and make you appreciate what you got. So far, no aid has come for these farmers aside from low interest loan options. The mark left by Hurricane Michael in these communities will last generations. Honestly, I, I really was very surprised at how little help these farmers are getting. 
It is a major economic loss that is often an afterthought post-hurricane. Now, pecan farmers have a particular challenge. So here is my conversation with Dr. Lenny Wells that goes a bit more in depth on their issues and how you can help just by eating pecans. So have you ever seen damaged pecans like Hurricane Michael caused? No, uh, Georgia has never seen anything like the type of damage we had from Hurricane Michael. Uh, we had Hurricane Irma last year. We thought that was pretty bad, um, but it was nothing to the scale that we see with this storm. So did it feel like a one-two punch with Irma and Michael? I mean, what was, I guess I didn't realize there was a lot of pecan tree damage after Irma in Georgia. There was after Irma. Um, it was probably less, in a way, less widespread. Irma probably covered more area, but the damage was nowhere near as severe as what we see with Michael. So the severity of Michael, even though you know the worst of that damage is more localized, um, it was so severe that it really was a big hit. Do you think that the general public, the general consumer at the grocery store has any idea what goes into the production of pecan? I doubt many people that are not into pecan production at all really realize what goes into it. We have a lot of people even that I talk to all the time that come to me that want to start growing pecans and even they have no really idea what they're getting into with that. Um, you know, most people when they drive by a pecan orchard, you know, they see the trees growing out there and you know, a lot of people think, well, I just come by and pick up nuts, you know, at harvest and the rest of the time the trees are just out there. But there's a, a whole lot more that goes into it than that. Um, you know, they've got to be fertilized, irrigated, sprayed for pests. Um, you know, there's a whole, it's a, it's a year round job for growing pecans. And at the point when Michael hit was, what point in the year? Were we close to harvest time? Like what point in the growing season? Yes, uh, that's one of the differences between Irma and Michael. Irma happened roughly a month or so before harvest last year. This happened almost right when harvest was beginning. There was, you know, depending on where you were, that could have been good or, or bad. Uh, I guess none of it was good, but what, what happens when it happened October 10th, basically, and so all the shucks on the pecan trees, not all of them, but most of them were, had started to open up. And um, of course the nut is inside that shuck. All that wind, and rain blew the nuts out of the shucks onto the ground. And then the wind, of course, broke up big limbs and knocked trees down and all that was laying on top of the crop. So to be able to harvest uh, in, in those areas where they even could consider harvesting, they had to go through first and clean all that up and then harvest it. And then you guys had a deluge. I mean, it has been yes. raining. Yes. Even for those that can harvest, that has been kind of another, you know, just another punch in the gut is the, the rain that has come during the harvest season. Normally during our harvest season, usually November and October are pretty dry and we can get a lot done during that time. We usually start to see the weather turn a little more wet in December, but by that time most of the crop has been harvested normally and we can kind of work around it to finish up. But this year, you know, the rain has been pretty much the whole way through. So, you know, growers could get out and harvest for a few days and then it would rain, then they'd have to go back and try again and back and forth. And anytime you get a lot of rain during harvest like that and the nuts have to lay out there on that wet ground, you lose, start to lose quality after the, you get a few rains on those nuts. And 
and it just makes the whole thing very unpleasant <laughs> for everyone. I'm going to pause this conversation for just a moment to remind you what we mentioned in the video that you just heard. This area has seen a 27% uptick in heavy rain events due to climate change. These farmers are already facing an uphill battle, even without major hurricanes. A lot of these growers have 5% of their trees left. Yes. I mean, the trees are gone. And what they do have left, they're going to go ahead and get rid of. If you're a smaller producer, if you don't have a thousand acres, do you survive this? Do you replant? For the storm, the severity of the storm that we saw down in southwest Georgia, a small grower, say with really, you know, probably less than 200 acres, that gets really hit really hard and loses a majority of, of their crop, even if they only lose, you know, 30% of the trees they have out there in that orchard, the cost of cleaning that up for an operation that size is almost insurmountable because um, you don't have the volume of pecans to generate the income to have the kind of money that it would take to clean up that big of a mess because you have to have in that situation most of the time you're having to rent large equipment, uh, you know, backhoes and loaders and and, and things like that to move that and the labor involved and all that is extremely expensive and and a lot of smaller growers you know would probably have a hard time coming up with the funds to do that. So you're saying with these smaller growers clean up alone could put them out? Yes, yes I mean it's that expensive it's the the cleanup costs are, are horrendous. What about people's insurance because um, it seems like with the cotton farmers and the cotton, the, the peanut growers, that they're going to have some insurance help. It's not going to be enough right. by any stretch, but they can plant next year. Yeah. What do the pecan farmers do? Pecan farmers have a little bit different situation than what we see with row crop farmers. With pecans, you know, you lose the crop for one year with the storm. That's one thing. And the insurance may not cover that complete loss, but it, it would most growers that have crop insurance, it would give them enough to continue moving on. But the loss of the trees in your orchard is a whole different story because it's going to take years to, it's not like we can go back out there and replant next, you know, in January, February and harvest again next October. You know, it's going to take, it takes at least three to five years to even see some nuts begin to start showing up on that tree. And it's probably more like 10 before there's enough to really help. So you get one year of help with insurance because of your yes. loss of crop mm -hmm. and then for the next nine years you're fertilizing and watering and uh, yes. pruning and making sure that these trees are healthy. That's a lot of output with no input. Yes, you have a long stretch uh, with no income when you're growing pecans if you're, if you're planting a new orchard and that can be a serious blow after something like this, you know, it's one thing if you are starting a new orchard and you've planned for that, but if you're having to start over, it can be a big blow. Um, and I don't know that, as we said before, with smaller growers, it would be almost impossible to overcome that. What about the tariffs? Because from what we've heard from the pecan growers, they were already hurting this year. They were already gonna take a beating mm -hmm. whenever it came time for those yields. So, I mean, has that driven prices down for them? Okay, another quick interjection. The tariffs that I'm referring to are from China. 
in retaliation for President Trump's tariffs on the Chinese, the Chinese imposed a 47% tariff on American-grown pecans. Now, this is a huge deal because China buys one-fifth of all U.S. pecans, the majority of those being from Georgia. Let's get back to Dr. Wells's answer. The market situation has added insult to injury. And what we see is that um, we knew with the tariffs that we were going to see lower prices this year. But then when our crop was pretty much cut at least in half by Hurricane Michael, most growers that still had nuts left to harvest kind of expected, well, you know, prices would at least kind of stabilize somewhat. But that has not been the case. I mean, we've seen our prices are generally averaging at least 80 cents per pound to the grower less than what they were getting last year. So basically they're cut, in, they're cut by about a third. That's a tremendous loss yes. when you've already lost so much. Yes. How do we as consumers even make sure that we're eating Georgia-grown pecans? The best way to be sure you're eating Georgia-grown pecans is to buy them from a grower who, uh, and many of our growers do have operations where they sell their own pecans and most of them do have the Georgia-grown label that the Department of Agriculture makes available to them to use. So look for that label, buy directly from a grower if you can. That's the best way to ensure that you are getting Georgia-grown pecans. And if you do that, the quality is gonna be much better than what you would get if you go to try to say buy them in the grocery store or something. Have you heard anyone say, one more Hurricane Michael and I'm done? Yes, I've had many growers. I probably couldn't count the number of growers that have told me that if they had another hurricane like this, that they couldn't get through it. The challenge for these growers continues. These families that feed America face this long uphill battle to recover what they've lost. So if you can, buy Georgia pecans. Support where you are able. Don't forget about storm victims. If you want to talk some more about this episode, please tweet at me. I've had some incredible comments from folks that have led to some topics being added to our production list. And please subscribe and rate if you enjoy Warming Signs. You can find me on Twitter at WeatherKate. That's at WeatherKAIT. A huge thank you to Pat Maddox, Dan Wright, and everyone else here at Weather.com that made this story possible and helps this podcast get from my brain and into yours every Tuesday. Until next week.